16 minutes past the big hour. Is that not right, Mr. Scream? <laughs> Great, good stuff. I think people are getting really cranky. Hello, welcome back into Colorado's biggest and best live hockey show. This is the hockey show right here on My High Sports. JJ Derez, Ryan Bolding. We're going to the man advantage. We've got Mike Rousseau, maybe Michael Rousseau of the Athletic Minnesota. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Is it Michael or do you prefer Mike? Uh, buddies call me Mike, so you can go with that. Oh, yeah. we're buddies. We're buddies All right. now. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking we're, the time. We're to buddies for now. I'll see what we are in a couple minutes. <laughs> touche, touche. I'm, hey, we'll I'm be kidding, we'll yeah. be easy on you here. Um, yeah. I wanted to start with this simple question. Ryan and I just had a little conversation about Cinderella teams, right? And and yep. with the with the March Madness theme going on here, and we really talked about Minnesota. Not so much that they're a, a surprise because everybody expected them to be a playoff team this year, but it seems like they're having a better year so far than anticipated. Is that kind of what you're picking up too, or, or did you kind of see this nice little run coming here? You know what? I wouldn't say that definitely, especially when they came out of their COVID outbreak and they were, you know, pretty mediocre at that point, but they've been on fire ever since. Maybe they need, maybe the outbreak came at a good point and they got everybody rested, but you know, I, it's really hard to tell how good this team is guys. Like, like we saw them the other night get absolutely worked by the avalanche and you know, they're um, I'm trying to remember. They're two, one and one against Vegas. They're, two and three against Colorado. They haven't played St. Louis yet, and they beat up on all the cupcakes in the division. So it's just it's hard until they start playing St. Louis more and show more against Vegas. It's hard to really tell. But I just think that this division, you know, I, and, and in a lot of ways the other night to me was very, very predictable. You play three games in a row against an Arizona team that I just don't think is any good. I think you suddenly forget how fast the game is played and you forget what it's like to play against superstars. And the other night, Brandon Landeskog and McKinnon just absolutely dominated the Wild. And so, um, you know, this is just the hard part of this league this year is when you play seven teams and you're in a division where four teams are just not very good, the three California teams in Arizona, it's hard to really get a sense of how good the Wild are. So I, I really think the jury's still out. It's almost the same with the Avalanche where they, they you know, win a 2-1 against Arizona or they're losing one-goal games in overtime against the Ducks and the Coyotes. And then they they have this game against Minnesota where it's super dominant, and you're like, wow! But is that reflective yeah. of who? Is that reflective of Minnesota <laughs> not performing well, or the Avalanche performing well? Um, but I think, like you said, with the COVID outbreak, the team was kind of up and down. But some guys like Kaprizov have really been yeah. like a bright spot. He was up the entire time from game one. Well, and the biggest difference this year is goaltending, and then Zuccarello coming back, and what. You know, the first, uh, obviously, Kaprizov had a really good start to the season, but where he really took off is when Zuccarello finally uh, made his uh, wild debut this season, and they just got instant chemistry. They, they started playing together in Zuccarello's third game, the second game of uh, consecutive games in Anaheim, and ever since, um, the, the two of them have been more than a point of game, uh, you know, duo on that line, and so... Kaprizov, you know, as, as Avalanche fans know, especially because they have all the stars here in, in Colorado, that's the one thing that Minnesota Wild fans have been starved for since the days of Marion Gabbert. It's an actual star to root for, and, and Kaprizov looks like he's got that ability to be that guy. I don't know if he's ever going to be Rantanen or, or McKinnon, but, but he, you know, he's come to the league at 23, he's played professionally for a long time, and there really hasn't been an adjustment period. And what we're starting to see now is he's shooting the puck more, and, um, you know, he just has all the great things about his game. He's got edge work like few players I've ever seen. Maybe him and McCarr might already be the best in the league from an edge work standpoint. 
And, um, you know, we'll see if it can continue. But he looks like he's running away with the Calder right now. Him and Kapanen, actually. I want to dive a little bit more into, into Kaprizov here. We heard from a couple media members during that last game, Avalanche media members, that is, that Kaprizov might be the best player the Wild have ever had. Yeah. Not just recently, ever. Would you agree with that statement? And then secondly, we've heard a lot about the character of this guy. I mean, he's got the right attitude. What have you seen in, in that regard that's really impressed you? Well, 100%. His teammates absolutely love him. I mean, Jared Spurgeon joked that he's been in the wild for 10, 11 years, and they haven't made a T-shirt for him. Uh, but, you know, they made the dollar-dollar bill T-shirts. They wore them, wear them in the locker room and surprise, surprise them with it. But, he, um, you know, he does. He just seems like has this infectious personality. Um, and it's just really been fun to cover, you know, because from a Minnesota, I mean, it's a bland hockey team, you know, and, and you have this guy that comes out there and he just instantly looks like he's got the ability to be the best player in franchise history. Is he that yet? I think we've got to see him play a long time to catch up to a guy like Marion Gabbert. Um, you know, Gabbert, I don't think was a true, true star. Like, and to me, I, I got a real, like, defined view of what a superstar is. To me, a superstar is Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews. Connor McDavid. It's not just a guy that gets, you know, 70, 80 points. And so, you know, he's got a long way to, to catch up to that. But does he look like he's already the most skilled wild player that I've ever covered? Uh, yeah, he does. Um, you know, Gabrick was a different player. He was a blazing speed guy, an incredible wrist shot. He, um, you know, was a pure goal scorer, but he wasn't like a dipsy doodler. He didn't, you know, like to play with the puck. It was more, more you know, type of jump into space and shoot pucks and, and try to win games that way. And so, you know, from a pure skill talent perspective, I do think that he's, uh, he's got the ability to, you know, hopefully 10 years from now be that player. Mike, I wanted to talk about, uh, let's call it a, a tad of a social media controversy from the other night. About <laughs> I the knew you guys are buttering me up. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about the shots on goal situation yeah. and not necessarily potential inflation or not. We can get to that in a second, but just, you know, you, you tweeted an example of something that arguably shouldn't have been a shot. And when I read it, I thought, oh, this is stupid. Of course it's a shot because the goalie made a save, but I didn't say anything because I wasn't certain on that. And when yeah. somebody sent you the rule and you retweeted them, the rule is pretty clear, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, what, what is your take on that? Altogether. Yeah, well, here's the, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll just be completely honest. I mean, like, what I was saying the other night was not to take anything away from the Avalanche. Like, if you read my game story, if you read my tweets, but I was completely honest that the Wild are getting dominated. But I do have a pet peeve when you come to these, we come to arenas where they don't use um, the shot on goal definition that every other arena uses. And the reason why is because, one, we use the game sheet and the play by play to support what we're writing. But the other big reason that I think off-ice officials need to be cognizant of is that all our analytics sites that we use, Natural Statric, Evolving Wild, Money Puck, all of them, uh, they, they, all, they, they don't have a team of 40 people watching every game in the league. They have these algorithms where they scrub the play-by-play -play after a game, and that's what determines players' metrics, NHL.com as well. And so when you have a building that is taking such an egregious um, you know, uh, where a goalie is essentially jumping up, catching a puck that's two, three feet, not only wide, but higher than the net, and calling that a shot, to me, it's a trend that they're, that they're doing. And so I was just telling Peter from the Athletica, who covers the Avalanche, she, she gave me a lift over the arena. I actually watched the first period over again uh, when I got back to my hotel uh, yesterday during the off day, just to really 
see how badly the Wild played in the D zone, but I decided to track the shots myself. And the shots on the game sheet after the first period uh, were 25-6. to six. When I redid it, it should have been 20-5. to five. And the league actually reached out to me and, and essentially thanked me for putting that gift out there the other day because they said if that's, a, if that's what they're calling shots in, in Colorado, it's got to be addressed with them. Um, it's just that's not shots. And, like, again, I'm not saying that the Avalanche didn't dominate the game, but it's got to be factual. And when you have a, a team that um, is plus 13 in shot differential at home but plus four on the road, and when they're, you know, out, out shooting in the differential standpoint by like 150 over the Boston Bruins for the second-place team, I do think it's something that the league has to look at here. And that was my only point. I was not, like, I think Avalanche fans, uh, thanks in part to Adrian Dater, I think Avalanche <laughs> fans thought that I was being an absolute homer and trying to, like, rip on the Avalanche. That was absolutely not my point. Like, trust me, I watched the game. I sit, I, I, I'm getting a spit in the end zone that the Avalanche shot twice in. They absolutely worked the wild for 60 minutes the other night. But I was just taking one example of that, that thing, and I'm like, if they're calling this a shot, it's got to be addressed. And I don't know if you guys saw, but in the second intermission, that shot that I actually took a picture out of and tweeted, they actually uh, took it off the game sheet and gave them, they went from 20 second period shots to 19, which kind of bothered me too, because the wild team record for shots against on the road is 56. So it was a nice day. They had matched that team record. So I think I, my power uh, saved them from having a really poor record uh, being matched in their record book. Well, the Avalanche fans are a bit of a reactionary bunch. There's no denying that. Yeah, and I like, will say... Like, I, feel, I, I do feel bad because, you know, the one thing I will say that was a little blow is, I, you know, I shouldn't have just come out and said, like, this shot differential is bogus because it was one example. Like, that was unfair to the off-ice officials. And, and Avalanche fans are triggered by me for years anyway. So <laughs> thanks in part, again, to Adrian Dater. So, I, like, I don't want Avalanche fans to think that at all that I was trying to protect the Wild or anything. Like... Like, like, trust me, I get into fights with the off-ice officials in Minnesota because they're the opposite. They, they, are, they, like, almost take a protractor and decide angles on whether it's a shot or wide. I mean, in Minnesota, we hear them debating shots. Uh, like, and if you look at the, the history of the Minnesota Wild, when games are played there, the shots, the shots for both teams are just really, really, you know, low compared to other buildings. So in, the, in Minnesota, it's probably the opposite, and it is here so that was my only point the other night trust me it wasn't to protect the wild when it got me thinking because a lot has been made recently of colorado's shots and the shot differential in this nine game homestand and what what also struck me is when i worked for the team a former coach used to have me communicate with the league about the you know inconsistency of the home team scoring in his own building you know, where, yeah. whether it was shots or face-offs or things like that. So it's it's definitely something, you know, it's fallible. It's a fallible system, but it's definitely something yeah. that has been an issue in Colorado in the past. Well, you want to hear, hear a great, great story? So when I covered the Florida Panthers, we were down in um, – I might get a little distracted here because warm-ups are about to begin and i got to see the wild lineup. But um, So Roberto Luongo, two years in a row, set NHL records for shots against and saves. And Rick Dudley was the GM at the time, and they were trying to negotiate a contract with Roberto Luongo. And he went absolutely, you know what, crazy on the off-ice officials in the middle of the game right in front of me once because of the shots that in their own building that they were counting. And, you know, the off-ice officials think they were being kind to Roberto Luongo. And here's Dudley, the GM of the Panthers at the time, was just incensed because 
what it did is it put him in a tough position when you got the agent coming at him and saying, look at him, the guy's making unbelievable saves every single night, and, and half of them, and Rick Dudley's mind weren't even supposed to be shot. So. Michael, one of, one of my last questions for you. I, I want to know, do you think that social media and fandom are maybe ruining sports? And the reason I ask is... <laughs> Av's backup goalie Hunter Miska was essentially chased off of yeah. Twitter by Avalanche fans because he yeah. had a bad game, and I, and you I know, you're starting it. to see that more and more. Yeah, no, it really bothers me, and I know Hunter really well. I'm, I know his dad really well, and it just pains me. And I think Avalanche fans, because I look at the vitriol that I got in the last couple of days, in part again because of Adrian Dater, and I just think that it needs to stop. I mean, we all I think need to be better people, and uh, what what Avalanche fans. Uh, the, the ones that did that, the hunters, I think need to look themselves in the mirror and, and uh, you know, just be better, better people. I agree. And I definitely, you know, I don't know if you remember, I was part of the problem for you when I worked for the Avalanche because I loved to <laughs> rile up the crowd over the whole uh, Super Mario Brothers Pac-Man sound. You, you even got <laughs> said good one to me in the press box in Minnesota. I know, once. I know, I know. Yep, yep. Uh, I know. I'm, trust me, I got to look in the mirror too. So no doubt about it. All right, Mike, last one for you, then we'll let you go watch a pregame skate here. Um, so, or I guess warm-ups now. Um, is there still a rivalry here? I think the last couple of years we kind of felt the rivalry fade amongst the teams. I feel like you stirred it up a little bit the other night again, but what's the Minnesota perspective on the quote-unquote rivalry between these two teams? Um, you know, I think that uh, until you beat them, you know, that's, that's what determines the rivalry. I mean, these two teams don't like each other. It's, I think it's dissipated a little bit since Nico Koiva left here. I mean, we used to see those great rivalries between Nico and Gabriel Landeskog when the cloud was here and yep. Bayou and things like that. But look, you know, I, I joked in my game story the other day, uh, you know, Altitude called uh, this a measuring stick game for the Avalanche the other night, and I literally laughed out loud when I said, when I heard it. And, it. and trust me, it wasn't a shot at, at, the, at the Altitude uh, TV host, uh, Lauren. I just thought it was funny that they, that, that, the Wild was somehow a, a measuring stick to a team that had Rant and Landeskog and, um, and uh, McKinnon. And, and I just think until the Wild show on, a, on an annual basis that they're as good as this team, it's, gonna, it's still going to be the Wild playing catch-up. So um, we'll, we'll see if, if it continues. Um, you know, right now I think the Wild are going to be an interesting game tonight because I think the Wild are going to, you know, they were challenged by their coach the last couple of days. Um, to really respond today after an awful game, the worst game of the season the other day. What I I watched because I watched the Avalanche a lot. I thought Avalanche was the best game of the season the other day. And we'll see uh, if the Wild can kind of play catch up and, and uh, become a true rival again with the Avalanche. Right on, Mike. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Enjoy the game. Yeah. See you guys. Take care. Yep. There you have it, Mike slash Michael Russo of the Athletic Minnesota. What a treat. That was great. I mean. He really made a lot of Avalanche fans mad the other night. It's nice to have him on, and it's nice to talk you know, on a professional level. We're not trying to bash him. We want to hear his side of the story, and honestly, I, I'm starting to agree with him here. It's funny because he's buddies with Dater, so he loves to give Dater some ribbing. I think that's the most uh, Dater mentions we've ever had on the show by a guest. <laughs> Um, but it, they are similar in that people love them or hate them, and they can be divisive personalities within the fan base, but outside of the fan base in particular. Right on. Stick around. We've got PP2, George Gosdecki joining us next here. Stick around on the through the break on the Hockey Show 89.1. Catch us on all replays. 98.1 FM 107.5 HD3. Oh, God. Thank you. Hockey Show. We'll be right back. So rock, baby.